1: We to for an jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he up. on your social media And
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I am your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the program, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, yeah. get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of trouble, and then reminisce about those crazy stories. I am sober now, but it's still one of my favorite things to do. Hang out with someone and reminisce about the crazy old days. Most weeks I'll be joined by, a guest. this week is no exception. <laughs> all the way from New York City, Zach McGovern. All right,
1: baby. We're here.
0: What's up, dude?
1: How you doing, man? Good. How Thanks are you? For me. I appreciate it. Absolutely.
0: Thanks for coming on.
1: Everyone knows that I still drink and do drugs. Yes, stuff, okay? very
0: much so. Okay. That is not
1: a I disqualifier for the show. Anyone who watches the show, listens to the show, wants to drink or do drugs with me, hit me up on Instagram at Zach McGovern. I was like
0: going to say plug everything right now at Zach McGovern, and then do you have do you have a uh, website? Shows what's going uh, on.
1: Right, I'm building a website right now. I I thought websites were like a thing of the past, but I guess they're still.
0: It's so weird because depending on who you're talking to. yeah. Cause for the longest time I didn't have a website. Cause it was like my social media is basically yep. my website. Like if you need tickets or anything, just go there. Exactly. And then I ran into like some, um, as they say in succession, some uh, serious people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were like, what's your website? And I was like, I don't have, I was like, Instagram.com slash Brennan T comedy. <laughs> You need a website. And I was like,
1: God, why? damn it. It's just another thing I got to take care of. It's
0: so – and I – like, on my website, I have upcoming shows. Yeah. And a friend of mine who's an actress, she was like, oh, you have to, like – because what's going to happen is agents and managers will find you without you ever knowing yeah. and they'll check your website. So make sure you keep mm-hmm. maybe even throwing a couple of fake dates in there. Like Ooh. make sure it looks like you've got stuff going on. What if,
1: they, what if they go to a fake date?
0: But my whole problem is like, I'm not even like, I don't even put mm. things in there. Yeah. Because like I promote all my shows on Instagram.
1: Yeah, it's like I. It's just another like I said. I mean, it, I know this sounds stupid bitching about it because it's like, well, dude, you're a comedian, do your job. But yeah, like, you got to do Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, like Snapchat. Now I thought I heard is coming back yesterday. Like, no way. No, I'm it's not doing back, it, dude. My buddy, I just did a podcast yesterday with my buddy. Uh, very funny dude, Gilo Gallerati. Shout out. Oh yeah. To him his podcast. Oops. Um, and he was saying Snapchats like coming back, and like he knows a guy that's making thirty grand a month just from posting stories.
0: That's. I don't what it, I don't want it to come back. Well, and it's also interesting too when people are like, "Do your job." It's like my job is to stand on stage and evoke a human reaction. Yeah. My job is not to be editor, director, uh, you know, story, real cut guy, but, but graphic designer. It is. It is though. It is. So it's. I had a long conversation when Derek Gaines was on the show about this because Derek's not a big, uh, he's not a big internet like social mm-hmm. media guy. And he was like, I just want to go up and make people laugh. Like, yeah. this is all, but like, he's obviously talented enough and far enough along to where it doesn't like he can do, he can say that. But if yeah. I say that people are like, okay,
1: have fun at the open mics asshole. Yeah, It's like you got at a at certain level, you have to do everything for yourself. And then when you get to a certain level, then all you have to do is to stand up yeah. and show up and do the videos. And Cause then other and
0: people interviews. will film it and other people Here's will cut you it You got and... the
1: editor. You got the, yep. the, you know, the AV, you got all that stuff. You got your manager booking, you, all that stuff.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. weird. I know people who are at my level level if not a little above some of them have been on this show and they'll, they'll be like I'll be like how did you get like they'll like post on their stories of like all these dates and I'm like that's a lot of dates yeah. like what what's going on and they go oh I got a manager and I'm like we were just at the same open mic like uh, two days ago like what are you talking uh, about this
1: manager your mom but
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like come on what are we doing here?
0: but it's true like you know certain people find certain people friends yeah. of friends yeah. like I just released the one-man show that's out now on YouTube uh what's it called uh, Ex drinking buddy. Just okay, like same a thing. Just, yeah.
1: I just want to make sure you're plugging. Oh correctly. yeah, absolutely. Make sure you guys get all the information necessary. Okay.
0: A comic's tale of what? Wo- no, it's yeah. it's it's very powerful stuff. But uh, a friend, I I just put it up, mm-hmm. and then I reached out to a buddy of mine who's an actor who helped me like help with the production. So I gave him a producer credit, and you know these fucking actors. They fucking, they want it. They fiend for that IMDb credit. They They
1: love it. it. They want it.
0: So I texted him. I go, hey, man, here's a screenshot just so you know. You now have a producer credit on IMDb, which he didn't have. I gave him his first producer credit. Nice. He was like, dude, thank you so much. He was so grateful. And it was cool because I was grateful for his help. But then he's like, I'm going to, he's like, is the show out? And I go, yeah, I just released it. And he goes, I'm going to send it to like my manager and my agent and stuff. And I'm like, but it, that's how, it like, it's like, I'm fucking nobody. Yeah, but it, but hurts, if- it
1: hurts more when they say they're going to send it, and then they do send it, and then you hear nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I just you shouldn't have sent it in the first Yeah, place. just don't Fuck. even
0: only say it. Be like, hey, I sent it, yeah. and they love it. They want to meet it. Yeah, exactly. Don't even. But then,
1: unfortunately, the manager died. The uh, agent's building burned down. They really wanted to It meet was you, a whole
0: thing, man. Yeah,
1: you were that close, buddy. Keep, keep <laughs> <You> plugging away. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: So, yeah, so Instagram, you said Instagram.com slash Zach McGovern?
1: At Zach McGovern on Instagram, at Zach-McGovern. Or I'm sorry, at Zach underscore McGovern on TikTok. Clearly, I use it a whole bunch. Uh, At Zach McGovern on YouTube. It will be ZachMcGovern.com when I get a website going, so check back in 2026. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well dude i'm glad you came
0: on the show yeah thanks man
1: we met through a uh, good friend
0: of the show matt fulcher on the full charge uh, the
1: full charge super super funny dude yes i've been seeing him since i started comedy and i've always been like that dude is fucking hilarious
0: it's one of those things where it was very surreal and of course you know this yeah. just living in the city i like i have his comedy central presents i bought it yeah like crazy years right? before i met him um and I heard of him, <clears throat> mm-hmm. so the listeners know this. But I heard him on Your Mom's House back in like 2010 or 12 right. or something like that. And then I started listening when him and Ryan Sickler started doing the Crab Feast, and I just became a fan of yeah. the Full Charge. And this is 12 years ago.
1: This is like way before you even moved to New York. Oh yeah, way I just
0: before. I've only been in New York for a few years, and so I started doing comedy in 09. I got into podcasting in like 10, 11, 12. Mm-hmm and so i've always just been a fan of his from a distance subscribed on patreon to the full charge power hour and then during the pandemic i was like i reached out and i was like this probably won't happen but i was like hey do you want to come on my podcast because i started this one during the pandemic Oh, nice i had the idea forever but then i was just like during the pandemic hey, fuck it let's do it yeah i was like fuck it um and he was like
1: sure yeah that's awesome and he's such a cool dude too
0: well and to be a kid from florida Who's like doing comedy, but it's like bar shows and like you get on, you get on like the comedy zone every once or whatever it is Mm -hmm. to have someone with like, that I'm a fan of genuinely a fan of who has like credits, like legit credits be like, yeah, of course, dude, I was running around my house. Like, oh my God. so sick though. And then I moved to New York, him and I become, we become friends after the podcast. And then when I moved to New York, we become even closer friends. And then we start doing a podcast together. And it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, I can be self-deprecating all I want, but then the end of the day like my cousin's like dude i have a signed set list from him from a show he did in oklahoma because i'm such a fan and you host a podcast like shut the fuck up about like oh it's so hard he's like shut up yeah so he had a get together what was that it was for uh it
1: was his birthday wasn't it Yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah birthday um and i met you and danny yeah yeah and I was like, dude, we got to get you on the podcast. And here we are. Finally. We here we it. are. We're going to we get Danny it. on here next. Uh, he, would, he
1: would definitely do it. Yeah. Uh, I just did the podcast with him yesterday. So he's available during the days, too. You just have to schedule him out.
0: <laughs> You're like, yeah. So if he lies and says he's he's busy, <laughs> he's about a about like liar. That.
1: That's true. He might do it. He might be like, dude, I work during the day, dude. I can't.
0: I know. have. There's some bigger comics that I've met through Matt mm-hmm. and I and he's that he's like friends with, like pretty close with. And I was like, "Oh, I wonder if they do my podcast." And just like what just happened now, he's like, "Yeah, of course they would." Yeah, like because he's known them from when they were open micers. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, "Of yeah. course they would." And then I've reached out to them, and they're like, "Ah, yeah, uh, I, I guys." And you know, they
1: just don't want to fucking do it. Yeah,
0: they just don't. Because I'm no, who am I? I'm nobody.
1: I mean, but also like, not that you're not anybody, but if you're a uh, high level comedian, you're probably getting hit up all the time to do people's podcasts. Yeah. All the time to come on a show. It's just like, how much time do you have? Yeah, exactly. Why am I defending them? Fuck those guys.
0: Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is the flip side's true for me. Like I meet people at open mics and stuff and I don't know if it's because I'm older or it's because I've been doing comedy for so long, but I still do open mics because I just love being on stage. Yeah. But like some of the younger people who are, will be like, hey, like if you ever need someone to come on your pie and you know me, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah, let's do it. And then they come on and I'm like, so how long have you been in comedy? And they're like, oh, I just started. And I'm like, oh.
1: That's not, now what are we talking cool. about?
0: Yeah, it's like, cool.
1: Yeah, but also, like, you know, everybody has to start summer, but then that you have to start thinking about the business side of it, which is like, Mm -hmm. where do you want your podcast to be considered? You know what I mean? Like, okay, this guy's doing, he's got Fultron for one episode, but then he's got a guy who's doing his second open mic in the next episode. Like, what are we doing here? Well, and that's the
0: other thing, too, is like the the inconsistency with that kind of stuff. So
1: I, I try to,
0: this is my new thing that I've been doing the last couple of years. If I see someone, whether it's at an open mic or at a show, if I see someone and they genuinely, like, they make me laugh and I'm yeah. like, oh, this is hilarious, I don't give a shit how long. Like, you you can come on. That's true. Um, and then that, that's kind of been my barometer because I've had people on who have a huge following, and I won't say names, but, like, they're, like, not in the comedy world. And I, it was, like, what do we do? Like, boring. Yeah. Well, not even boring. It was just one of those things where it's like, oh, you did this because... You, you gained your notoriety from something yeah. else and now you want to get into the comedy scene you and so now you're trying yeah so now you're just trying yeah. to do everything comedy which is fine but at the same time i'm like you don't we we're not the same yeah. like
1: it's a different it's a different animal
0: yeah it's just and i
1: should say to, to your point about what you're saying if someone makes you laugh your podcast isn't about the business of stand up. So, it, no. I guess it doesn't really matter if it's And the, everyone's the,
0: got drinking stories. That's what I'm
1: saying drinking, drugs, sex, all those. Everyone has those stories. So, I stand corrected. Like, if it's an open mic versus, like, a big headliner like Fultron, like, it, I guess it shouldn't matter. Yeah, you know what I mean. As long as they have great, funny stories, fuck it. Let's well, go.
0: that's the thing too is I've had people on who are professional comedians. Yeah, and it's like pulling teeth.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, you do this for a living. I know, but a lot of comedians, like even the podcasting world, is different to them than being on stage. Yeah, like, they're well, great that's on what stage, I've, I've noticed. Their doing personality this. is yeah. like you're fucking dud.
0: Because that, well, because they're super introverted. Yeah, and the only time they come out of their shell is when they're on stage, and yeah. then when they get off stage, they're kind of like mm-hmm. back to that introverted and a thing. one one
1: is harder than a one on a hundred. Yeah,
0: you know? and I, I tell people that all the time. People go. I I don't I don't I could never do public speaking and I go well it's like you're talking to the room yeah like I'm basically talking to the lights
1: exactly like I don't
0: like nobody in here fucking matters no like that's
1: uh, really nice of you to say
0: but you know what I mean like (laughs) you feel the same when you're on stage you have your set yeah and like yeah the people in the front row you'll like interact with and stuff but for the most part it's not like I don't feel it I think I would be remiss to say that if I was in a room and it was fully lit Mm -hmm. And I was like giving a speech on something, you know, then like the one man show was hard. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, this doesn't have to be funny, uh-huh. but also I don't want people to be bored.
1: Well, one man show has to have a through line. Yeah. Whereas... I I would say a good hour of comedy has some sort of through line to it, but it doesn't necessarily have to have that through line. Like a one man show for sure. does. Yeah. And that was the thing was like,
0: that was more challenging than stand up for sure, which people are sometimes they get confused. They go, you you had a script. Like you knew what you were going to say. It's like, yeah, but as an, as a person who's on stage, you can sense like, Oh, this is going poorly. Yeah. Or like, this was a huge mistake. Especially
1: as a stand-up. Yeah. Because can sense those moments. Yeah, we're you know? like, yeah. All right, well, giving some people their money back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let's talk about it. How, because I bring this up on every episode, but stand-up comedy obviously is incredibly niche. You want to
1: do dates real quick and then- Oh, do yeah, yeah. Just do plug it out? Plug it. Because the Patreon comes out tomorrow. Yes. Uh, Friday. January and January 26th, and the, the episode itself comes out Monday. Yeah. January, what's that, 31st? Yeah. Okay, so I have I'll be in Florida tomorrow. 29th. Okay, I'll be in Key West this weekend. This will already be. Past. Oh, are you doing uh comedy Key West? Yeah. Um, and then I come back to Fort Lauderdale. I'm doing a couple of bar shows and trying to do one at the Downy Beach Improv. Then February first, Thursday, I'm at the Miami Improv. Then Friday, Saturday, I'm at new a new comedy club called Sad Man Comedy Cafe. Which you should hit up if you're ever down in Florida. Yeah, very new. Florida. It's only been up like, oh yeah, obviously. It's only been open <laughs> like a month. Uh, it's run by these awesome dudes, David Sadman and Nadim Awad. Super funny Florida comedians. Yeah. So I'll be there February 2nd and 3rd. And then uh, February 9th through 11th, I'm in Vancouver at the Roxy. Jesus Christ, man. Then, you're all over. And then uh, LA that week. And then uh, February 15th, I'm at Zany's. February 16th, I'm watching Giulio Gallarotti do his taping at the Den in Chicago. If you guys want to check out a special taping. Go there, and then uh, February 17th, I'll be doing a show at recess in Chicago and then the rest of the month in New York. Damn. We're doing it. We're doing it. Fuck yeah. Now let's talk about drugs. What does Mark say? Comedy.
0: Yeah. God, that's... Congrats to you, man. Thanks, man.
1: Yeah, this is so far a good year. I mean, you know, you just got to kind of... Keep the the ball rolling, and I didn't really have any like goals for twenty twenty four other than just do stand up and book more shows and yeah get on the road. So I guess those are our goals. <laughs> so those are definitely goals. Yeah, as
0: yeah. someone who does like three or four shows a month, yeah, and yeah. would love to be doing like three or four shows a night, yeah, those are definitely goals. Yeah,
1: you're right. Anyway, I, okay, so now.
0: No, well, no, I just I I talked to Jared Waters about this when he was on the show because I was like, dude, you work all the time, mm. and he was like, yeah, well, when I first got here, I couldn't fucking pay for time, mm-hmm. like, like it was so hard. He was like, so I just kept grinding and kept grinding and then yeah. just never looked up and just kept going. And the next thing you know, I'm doing, you know, three or four spots a week at clubs and it's two or three spots a night, then mm-hmm. it's three or four spots a night. Yep. And he was like, by the time I looked up, five years had passed and I was like, now I'm in everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's what I keep reminding myself. It's like, yeah, I've only been here for two and a half years. Like, Yeah,
1: I mean, the the problem with comedians, not the problem necessarily, but we all think like, okay, I'm here, why am I not everywhere? Yeah. And then... Somebody call the vice president of show business because I am here. You start to get pissed off and down on yourself because you're like, I've been here two and a half years. Why am I not doing fucking five shows on a Friday night? It's like, bro, I've been here 15 years. I've been doing stand-up comedy almost 14 years. And it took me 10 years to get in most clubs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's it's one of those things, too, where... So strap in, buddy. It's going to be a long (laughs) road to strip
0: house. (laughs) (laughs) It is one of those things, too, where uh, you just... It's so bizarre because people are like, I as a former athlete and someone who's hyper competitive, I'm like, I'm not begging for time. Yeah. Like that's in my head. I'm like, don't, if you're just like in sports, if you're good enough, people will be like, oh, we've got to get them up. Yeah. But that's the problem with art is it's subjective, not objective. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, you might be funny, but so is this person for different reasons and that person for different reasons. And like, like I've done shows before and murdered, yeah, and then done that same set the next night and bombed, and you're like, yeah. "There's no fucking reason."
1: Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be funny if sports were subjective? And oh subjective? my god, I'd
0: be playing in the NFL you right know, now. It
1: was just like a guy scores a touchdown, and you're like, "That wasn't a touchdown." <laughs> it was like barely a field
0: goal. Take the points. Take the points. Take the points. Wait, take the those points. points, points off.
1: are made up. This is whole. This made up system. This is a whole. <laughs> this is all fake.
0: There's no judgment. Um,
1: It'd be a funny
0: idea. Yeah, so like people are like, oh, well, did you message so and so? Did you message the booker? And I go, well, they know me. Like, I've met them. Mm-hmm. And they go, yeah, but you have to message them. You have to. And then they're like, and then I'm like, yeah, well, I sent them a message. And they never responded. They're like, then wait two weeks and message them again. Follow up. Follow up. And I'm like,
1: I don't want to do that. And I was just having a conversation with another comedian about this. And I was like, well, did you message the booker? And she said, yeah. And she was like, but she didn't respond to me. And I was like, well, message her again. And she's like, well, I can't. I'm, I'm like, dude, think about it. You have to think about it from their perspective. Yeah. You're one person, they're one person getting a hundred messages a day from you and other people thinking they're one person. And the 99 other people. So then you think, oh, you're insulted and you're like, oh, I'm not, maybe not think I'm not funny enough but whatever you think. Oh, that's the first thought. Exactly. But then you go in your head and then that's what happens. You start to get pissed off or sad or whatever. And it's like, you just have to look at it more from a business standpoint of like, oh, they didn't hit me back. They probably have a hundred messages. Like, let me try again. I got, I got a, I have a show next week. And I messaged a person and they confirmed me, but then I messaged them again yesterday just to reconfirm where am I at on the show, whatever. They haven't messaged me back. I'm not like, oh, they fucking hate me. I'm like, oh, they're busy. I'm gonna message them this weekend to make sure. You just have to just fucking. Well, it's one of those things
0: too where you forget that messages can get lost. Like people can read it and be like, oh, I gotta respond. And then they forget. I've done that with my own grandmother's birthday. Yeah, Where like my sister will text me and be like, don't forget it's Bubba's birthday. And I'll be like, I will not forget that. And then I put my phone down and two days have passed. I'm like, fuck.
1: Yeah, you're like, I thought grandma's dead. But that's family too. I do that with my mom. Every fucking year I'm like, oh shit, April twelfth. It'll be April thirteenth. I'll be like, Happy birthday. She's like, It was yesterday. Ah. But like that's you know, that's different, I think. But I you know what I mean.
0: Like you can look at something on your phone and then just forget it's like just yeah space it out. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, how did you even get into stand up?
1: So I am from outside Chicago. I moved to Chicago to pursue improv comedy and like wanted to go the potential SNL route. Where did that, that come from? I was, grew up on SNL, watched okay. all that. Just being funny in my family, like, always the funny kid growing up, as most of us say. And yeah. And I was just like, okay, well, I'm actually going to pursue this. Because
0: that's one of the weird things I've noticed is, like, for us, and the listeners are sick of me talking about this, but the, for us, it's our lives. Yeah. But, like, I run into people at the restaurant, and I go, oh, I moved to New York for stand-up. And they go, oh, we love comedy. Our favorite comedian's, like, Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, you don't know anything about... He died, like, 10 years ago. Yeah, like, yeah. you don't know anything about comedy. Yeah. So... For the mainstream, I always like to like kind of immerse them in the fact of like how people even find it, yeah. Because it is so niche, so it's one of those things where you were just always the funny person. And watching SNL, yeah. you're like, oh, I'll just do that.
1: Well, and and comedy in general was yeah. such like a, a a rock in my family and my extended family. Like you know, my uncles, cousins, everybody. We would go watch like fights on the weekends, and it would just be like five hours of just like my favorite time of the weekend of just everyone laughing, my dads and uncles shooting the shit, and I was yeah. just like. I, would, I learned comedy through that environment. And then I was just like, this is, I never thought of anything else I've ever wanted to do. That's like, awesome. I've, I've thought of stuff along the line that I'm like, I'm panicking, comedy's not paying, like, what the fuck would I do? Yeah. But I've never ever wanted to do anything else. That's you know so cool. Saying?
0: Oh, I know exactly what you're saying.
1: So then I moved to Chicago, got passed in a couple of improv teams at Second City and Improv Olympic. Damn, that's actually, that. a, that's a big deal, man. Yeah, it was great. Um, but then I got, I literally was walking down the street and got recruited to start modeling. Um, Tell and, that story. Ah, god It's a fucking (laughs) douche. when we
0: first met you told me this story and i was like that's hilarious well i was
1: also fighting at the time yeah um i had a couple fights in the cage like amateur ufc stuff i met the modeling agent he brought me in you know he was like
0: but you literally met him just walking down the street he
1: walked up to me and i was just like this is weird like you know it's a big city he was obviously a gay guy i was just like this fucking dude he's just trying to fuck me but he gave me his card i looked it up it was a legit agency a big agency and i was like All right, let's see. I had no interest in ever modeling. I was never like, whoever has an interest in modeling.
0: (laughs) The most vapid, vain people. You know who you are. Yeah,
1: but like women maybe growing up, but I don't think any dude in high school is like, I want to be a model. You know what I mean? (laughs) I did get most likely to walk the runway in high school. Did you really? Which is kind of crazy. Coming
0: full circle. Yeah.
1: So anyway, I went there, uh, got recruited to model, and they brought me out to New York because they'll take models and send them to different markets as like a test to see if you work. Um, I worked pretty well. So they just flew you out? They flew me out. They have a model house in Long Island City, which is five bedrooms. They put like 20 guys in there. It's wild. This is, it's these little
0: details that I find fascinating. Yeah. Just as someone who's like, I just went to LA to do the store. No big
1: deal. Heart flex. Uh, yeah, they have open mics there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a
0: bitch. <laughs> oh, and that's the clip. Uh, fucking death. <laughs> <laughs> they do have open mics do. Uh but like I had to. It was my buddy who produces the show, and he started it in a bar. It became kind of an underground sensation. So the store nice. was like, "Hey, you could do it at the store." Um, but obviously, I have to fly myself out. I have to pay for a rental Expensive. car. So it's always so cool to me when people are like, oh, yeah, like so-and-so. They just flew me out because I'm always like, yeah. what's that like? Yeah. Like, So they were just like, hey, you're going to get on a plane and go to our house in Long Island? And you're yeah. like, all right, cool. Well,
1: it was Long Island City, so it was right in oh, okay, right yeah, in Astoria, Astoria, yeah. Astoria, Queens, yeah. Um, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. I just – you walk in and you literally – have to find a bed in one of these rooms and you people be like sounds like the
0: halfway house i lived at
1: it's kind of like i mean in a sense because there's no assigned anything it's just you go into a bedroom and there's a a twin bed on like each each wall of the room yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. was i at a halfway house (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i was modeling (laughs) so you go and you find a bed and it's just every day you wake up you go to castings all day every day and I and this is
0: something that the agency sets up for you?
1: Every day, yeah. They, okay. th- your agent will call you and be like, you have this tomorrow at this time, this time, and this time, and this time. And then you get bookings. And That's get so cool. But anyway, so I was there, and I wanted to continue comedy because I didn't really I didn't give a shit about modeling. I like making money, and I like people sh- giving me attention for being like attractive. That yeah. was great, but I didn't fucking care about modeling. So I was like, I can't do improv here. I'm stuck here doing this shit. I can't do improv because I don't have my improv team. So I just looked up comedy, and open mics came up, and I was yeah. like, "Okay, well, it's something." Like, what I, year was this? Uh, this was two thousand nine. Okay, yeah,
0: look at that. Same year I started. There
1: you go, buddy. What's up? Uh, so yeah, I, I went to an open mic. Not that I didn't ever want to do stand up. Like, I did like pseudo stand up in front of my family and like in front of my yeah, of course, school stuff. absolutely. But it was I was more dad, so dad just has a like couple this. of drinks on a Saturday, and he's like, yeah. "Do the thing, like, do like, tell get, him the story about get the in thing." The corner. I'm like, Dad, yeah, put your pants on first. Uh, <laughs> So, Stop grabbing my dick, man. That's weird, dude. It's not a microphone. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but I had this like big idea of comedy, not necessarily like where to do or what how to do it, just comedy in general, right? Yeah. So then I was in New York doing modeling, and I was like, okay, open mic. Went to it, had a bunch of jokes written down, bombed my ass off. But I was like, fuck, this is cool. I could do this. Yeah. While I'm here, and then I kind of fell in love with it. Moved back to Chicago after the three months. Continued doing improv. Did improv you book team. a lot
0: in the three months? I like as far as modeling.
1: Like, but enough to, you know, to survive. Yeah. These are like $5,000 jobs. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Because
0: that's, that's another thing too. That's interesting to me is like just this, the money that comes with some of this stuff. Yeah. Like we all have friends in this industry who they'll be like, oh yeah, I got an ad campaign for like, this is comics. Wild money. And they'll be like, yeah, it was a two day shoot, but I was able to quit my job. Yeah. I'm I mean, like, so, but like, I'm like dude, the day job, the day job that you've been working your entire adult life the
1: 401k the thing you've been trying to get
0: out of since you since you stepped on a stage and held a microphone that's gone it's the thing you've been trying to get out of and it's just gone now from one two-day shoot and they're like yeah and you're like what the
1: fuck is happening yeah but then you talk to them in six months and they're like i blow that money i'm back in my job (laughs) Fuck. and now i'm lower
0: (laughs) i had to take a demotion to come (laughs) back exactly
1: um so then you go back to chicago then i go back to chicago to my improv team we kept doing shows and stuff, but then the improv theater, every like six months or so, they do like a restructuring. Yeah. So then our improv team got disbanded and uh you know they put some people other places and they were like, Zach, we saw that you were gone for a long time. Um, do you wanna keep pursuing improv here? And I was like, uh, this is the moment where I decide am I staying in Chicago or do I move to New York? Yeah. So I was like, Fuck it, I'm gonna move to New York. i I felt myself being pulled towards stand up. I moved back into the, the model house. Um, was there for like six months. You're only supposed to stay for like three,
0: so yeah. How did that work? So, you do the like residency for three months, then yeah. you go back to Chicago. Did you call your agent and go, Hey, I'm going back to the house? No,
1: I was like, I, I want to go back to New York, and I had worked well there, so they were like, Yeah, we'll send you back there. Oh, okay, to make more money. Okay. Um, and I was doing okay the second time I went out I was I was doing like smaller jobs, you know, like day rate stuff, which is not five grand, but like I was working some, yeah. Um, but the castings I didn't really like anymore, and I was just like, This kind of I just didn't like it much, and I wanted to pursue more stand-up. So then I just found an apartment, and I've been here ever since.
0: Damn. Yeah. So
1: then how did the— I was going to say, I I had the classic, like, I came out here $600. Um, I didn't even fly back from Chicago. I, like, took an Amtrak train from Chicago to New York and, like, had the whole goodbye with my, my Chicago friends. Um, I got high. I never smoked weed. I was freaking out on the Amtrak train.
0: So you got high before you got on the Amtrak Yeah, I was
1: really stupid. I was like paranoid. Tell about, that like, story. Oh my God, dude. I never smoke weed. So,
0: okay. So this is, because you and I are similar in this fashion. I'm not, because I'm anxious. I'm depressed. Oh yeah. I am not a weed guy.
1: Yeah, I feel parts of my body. I don't want to feel too much.
0: <laughs> I remember one time I got so high, I was just watching SpongeBob scared. And it was like the middle of the day. It was summertime. I was in the dorm, surrounded by my friends. And I was just like, this doesn't make any sense. He's under the water, but he's in a sponge. Ah." And I was like freaking out. It was bad. Off of weed? Yeah. Like a lot of weed. Yeah. I don't get like. GBs, gravity bongs.
1: Oh, that'll. I don't. Yeah. I don't get scared. I get super paranoid. That's the same thing. (laughs) No, I'm not paranoid. SpongeBob's going to come fucking kill me. (laughs)
0: So what happened? So you're about to leave. You're saying goodbye to everybody. Yeah, it was
1: the girl that I was hooking up with at the time in <laughs> her friend group, which became my friend group. Um, Big weed heads? They were potheads. She smokes sometimes. Um, but yeah, we got super fucking high, and I was like, uh, I got to go to the Amtrak train now. And then we get there, and I was just like, Oh God! Am I a piece of shit? I can't afford a flight. Am I a loser? Like fuck, going into that. So you're just weed, spiraling. Yeah, the whole weed, anxiety, paranoia thing, and I get on the fucking Amtrak train. And how long is that train ride? It's like fifteen hours. Oof. Yeah, it's long, and there's a bunch of stops, and every time the train stopped, it stopped like two times within two or three times within like the first four hours, and I was still super high. I got so paranoid someone was going to steal something from me, so I would just be up with like my hands. <coughs> Next to me, like holding on to my valuables, you know, 21 years old. But yeah, it sucked. It sucked. But then I got to New York and I I knew the model house and like I had my bearings in the city by that point. And I was just like, all right, well, fucking, we're here. Let's go.
0: So when you got back to New York, I know you said you were doing day rate stuff and it wasn't as much money as before. Because you had the stand up thing in mind, were you almost like parlaying it like, well, I have a place to stay. So I'll, do the model stuff during the day and like try and do the castings and stuff. But I'm going to be doing stand up all night. Yeah.
1: Okay, so you yeah. knew
0: you had a plan coming in.
1: My plan was to just milk as much as I could out of that's this what I was yeah stay yeah um, because after the three months, my agent kept being like Zach, you got to move out of the house. You got to move out of the house. Like we need room for guys that are coming in. I like oh yeah next you know t- next week. I ended up staying for six months and then uh, God, did that give
0: you any sort of anxiety or anything? I like mean that?
1: it's a fucking modeling agency. I don't give a shit. I was like yeah Whatever. that's true you yeah fuck I mean? them yeah. Um, and then they were like, you know. What was the
0: final straw? Did you actually were, just go out and find a place or were they like, hey. I
1: started looking for a place. Okay. And then they were like, we're going to drop you if you don't leave the apartment. Like drop me from their agency. Yeah. And I hated my agent anyways. He, you know, <laughs> classic model stories. like, oh, we should all like bring the boys over to the apartment. Like weird. Yeah. Just weird shit. And I was like, I get creeped out by this guy. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll move out. And then I went to another agency, got a different agency, left that one. Because you, you in the past.
0: It's one of those things where you can always it's like trying to look for a job when you have a job. Yeah. Like finding a new agent when you have representation's a lot easier than being like, Hey guys, hey, yeah, guys, I, guys,
1: I, look at me look, me. look at me. Book me. Book me. But yeah, so then that's that's that hit the ground running. Was the new line. agency
0: for modeling?
1: It was yeah. It was just, okay. all that stuff mostly was for modeling. Okay. I've had a few managers and agents for commercials and, and uh I've never had like a specific stand up agent. But I'm with an agency now that has, like, a standard department, like, a host department, all that shit.
0: So do you do, um, for all those dates you have coming up, do you do all that booking? or all do you have my been, booking. Okay. Yeah. God, you're just fucking grinding, man. I mean,
1: trying, man. You got to get out there. Like I said, you got to fucking get your own shit going. Yeah. you just going to sit at home. Well,
0: that's what I love about the podcast is it's a tangible thing. Exactly. So it's one of those,
1: like. And you to build an audience,
0: too. Yeah, absolutely. So it's one of those. Because I've had people come out to shows. And obviously with my dark sense of humor and storytelling and stuff like that, I've had people come out and if they're like friends of mine who know me, Mm. they'll be like, that was so funny. Like, that's hilarious. But when they bring their significant others, they'd be like... "Ah." I don't know. I was kind of like nervous. Like <laughs> you're kind of scary. And I go, oh yeah. If you don't know me, yeah. I just come off as this big like hell yeah kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you know me, you're like, oh that's so not Brennan. That's funny.
1: Yeah. 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 Okay. So
0: that's why the podcast has been so important because it's like, oh, I need people to get to know me. So in that way, when they come to see me, they're like, oh, that is funny. Yeah. Because you look like a psycho. It's an but extension you're... of you. Yeah. Exactly. Podcast. So when you decide to move out and get your own apartment what do you do? Are you still doing modeling for work? Like what's your yeah. main source of income? modeling?
1: And I had started doing catering work. Okay. Um, Cause there's all, you know, your modeling agent will hook you up with catering companies and event staffing companies because they know most of the time you're not making that much money in modeling. Like yeah. 99% of models are, are barely making money to pay their rent. Yeah. Everyone has other jobs, right? So these models, well, and also staff- you want
0: hot people. Yeah. At oh your yeah. Events. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So there's this whole other industry of model staffing companies. I work with one still to this day, um, and it's models, actors, comedians. Um, but it is, like, literally model staffing because yeah. all these events, they want hot people at their events serving their drinks and bringing them their fucking hors d'oeuvres. So I started doing that, and that that's what carried me through to be able to continue to do stand-up. Um, I had some, like, bartending serving jobs throughout the years, but, I mean, I'm sure you can understand, like, the busier you get with stand-up, the more you're like, fuck, this is completely in the way of stand-up.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the things is like I've talked to people before and they're like, oh, you have to quit the night job. It's like, yeah, but I can make my rent in a weekend. Like it's so hard to – And it's also one of those things too where – I've been lucky enough because I'm, I'm competitive and I'm pretty good at my job and I take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm there, I'm there to
1: do the thing. That's smart and that's a good way to be.
0: Yeah. like And I'm not one of these people where I, I'm like, oh, I don't give a shit. Like if they fire me, they fire me. Like I've worked really hard yeah, to yeah. get to the level that I'm at. And
1: also it should be stated like it's, it's fair to say like where you work is a very high up. Yeah, restaurant. exactly. So it's not an easy job to get, it's not an easy job to keep. Yeah. So like that's a job that people work their entire life. Yeah, it's a career, it's serving, a career serving
0: job. Serving yeah. Job. Where like and I tell people all the time like if I didn't care about like if I didn't have stand up and I just did this job I'd make like 150 to 200k a year, and
1: that's amazing money.
0: Yeah, especially yeah
1: when you you work 30 hours a week. It's insane. And people are like, oh, you're a server, they look down and it's like, motherfucker, I make more money than you do.
0: Well, and it's also one of those fun things too, where it's like, yeah, but I've I've been introduced to an entire world. Yeah. Like, it's weird. I've, I've said this a million times, but like back in Jacksonville, one of my regulars was Tony Khan, whose dad owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, damn. This guy's a billionaire. Sweetest guy in the world. Uh, you could check out his episode of Tales from the Restaurant on Patreon.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You him on?
0: No, no, no. I talk about famous people behind their back, but uh, I put it behind a paywall because I've waited on a lot of famous people so and some okay. of them are dicks. Uh-huh. So I talk shit about them, but it's I do it through Patreon. So then they can And can't. that
1: makes it okay? Well, if it's this, behind the paywall.
0: Well, then they're not going to hear it.
1: Oh, I thought you were saying it's like legally okay. No, 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 no. Or, it's
0: totally okay. uncouth. But <laughs> if I talk shit about like Jeff Ross, I don't want him to get back to him, so yeah, I put yeah. it behind a paywall. Well, it'll get back to him. Maybe uh, <laughs> I
1: could paywall.
0: Hey, if people want to spend yeah, the five dollars.
1: You have know, this whole system like figured out.
0: People want to spend five dollars and clip it and send it to him. That's fine.
1: That's so funny. Um,
0: But but like he's a billionaire, yeah. sweetest guy in the world. And then I have people who come in who make like. And Jacksonville, that's a lot. Like, 150K is a shit ton. Yeah. And they treat me like shit. And I go, one of my regulars could literally buy your company. Yeah. Like, tomorrow. Like, mm. who the fuck do you think you are? So, I love working in this industry because it's opened my eyes to so many. Like, who basically, who the cool, like, real, like... N- actual nice people are yeah, yeah. and who are assholes. Yeah, exactly. Which helps me in this industry too because it's very easy to weed out those kind of people. So
1: many assholes. In like
0: industry. when you came in, you were, you were super sweet, everything yeah. was great. We had a great time. And then I've had other people come in who people will see them on TV or on stage or something and be like, oh they seem awesome. And then they come in and I'm like, no, they're dickheads. Yeah, yeah They're the yeah. biggest fucking dickheads. Uh, I hate it. And it's it's so I I like that aspect of it. But yeah. to your point And what I was saying is that the cool thing about my restaurant is because I've worked so hard to get to where I am, they're very cool about like, if I'm like, hey, I've got a weekend to show. So like, all right, we'll see you next week. See, that's great. Yeah, that's
1: great. And also like with the scheduling, you said you can make your rent in a weekend. It's like, well, then just don't book shows that weekend.
0: Yeah, that's one. That's what I do. A lot of the times is like, obviously, November, December, because we're so busy. I can't book anything. But then like. February, it's a little iffy, but like the entire summer, yeah. I can do whatever I want. Exactly. Like the January, for the most part, I can do whatever. So it actually worked out really well. And it is one of those things where I stand up is my life, podcasting stand up, this is my life. So, like, if Hannah Burner were to call me tomorrow and be like, Hey, I'm doing the Beacon Theater, yeah. like, I want you to open, then I would call work and be like, Hey, I can't make it. And they go, You have to be here. I'll be like, I'm not going to be there. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. but I'm not gonna. Like, so there's levels.
1: And you're probably, I would assume, at a good enough level with management that if you did say that, they would just be like, "Okay, we understand." Rather yeah. Than be like, "All right, well, you're fucking fired." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? And
0: it's because they know I'm not gonna. Like, if someone calls me and goes, "Hey, do you want to jump on my bar show mm-hmm. on a Saturday?" I'm gonna no. be like, "No, nah, I'm all right." And they know that like, at I'm work, gonna go they make know $800 that. Eight hundred
1: dollars. Yeah. I'm gonna... Have fun of your bar shows. <laughs> you have eight people there. You <laughs> fucking loser! I'll do it next week. <laughs>
0: Can you book me next week? Yeah, what are we yeah, doing exactly. next week? So for you, you get into stand up, and then the whole thing kind of, what was the turning point where you were just kind of like, oh, this is what I'm doing now? Like as far as. I don't as, know if
1: there's necessarily a turning point. I just.
0: Like when did you quit modeling? When did you like decide? I, I
1: kind of kept modeling. Like, oh, okay. Because it's not necessarily, like modeling, you don't have to be like I'm in or out. Yeah. It's like if the agency keeps you on, you know, you might fall down the totem pole and like is not get the calls from them as much. But if you call them. Hey, you know, I'm still in New York. Because they don't know. They're like, yeah. oh, this guy's in fucking San Francisco. This guy's in Manila, whatever. But, like, you know, as long as I called him once in a while, I'm like, hey, I'm still in New York. You'll get sent out on castings and stuff. But it just it started taking more of a back burner and back burner. And then I was just like, you know, I'm like, I'm an in-shape guy. But I don't, ha- I don't sit with a natural six-pack. Like, yeah. so, in order for me to keep in the shape that they wanted me to be for the stuff they were sending me on, it was a constant fucking... I can't eat this. I can't eat that. I got to hit the gym today. I can't go out drinking. I can't fucking, you know, have pizza or whatever. And it's just like, I got to a point where I was like, fuck that. I'm happier with not a six pack. Yeah. Being able to eat what I want, drink what I want, go to shows when I want, hang out with people and not have to live this stupid ass life. So I would say maybe like late twenties, I started being like, eh, fuck this.
0: Yeah. I do that now i go to the gym a lot because i'm an addict obviously Mm -hmm. so i go to the gym six days a week but i I mean i talk about it on stage i do it just to maintain a big upper body so then i can hide this weird like (laughs) belly that i have going on because if you see me just standing up people are like damn that dude's big yeah but then when i sit down people are like oh you're like a frumpy piece of shit
1: (laughs) so i never thought that
0: well that's the only reason i i I, like i love the gym obviously but it's like it's one of those things to your point where it's like i'm not going to like be ripped yeah like i do like being in a room and being like oh i'm the strongest person in here which yeah. is most rooms yeah but it's also like i'm not like if you saw me with my shirt off you'd be like ugh <laughs> 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 take your shirt off <laughs> do it do it do it do it turn the lights down a little bit please you sound like your agent <laughs> so I <gotta> learn things <laughs> on that point was there a lot of like when you go to the house the first time you go to the house in long island city is there a lot of like partying and stuff <clears throat>
1: I mean, it's think about it. No it's one. It's a bunch a job. of
0: twenty-year-olds, right?
1: It's a bunch of between eighteen and the oldest guy that was there when I was there. I was twenty when I first went. I was twenty. The oldest guy in the house was like twenty-six, and we were all like, "What are you doing, dude? Get a job, like get a <laughs> start a family." <laughs> Literally, we'd be like, "He's fucking old, man. Like, what are you?" I know, you know, but like,
0: oh yeah, there was guys, and when I was in college, there was guys like grad students and stuff who would still come to like the football parties, mm-hmm. and I'm like, dude, you're 25. Like, it's time to move on. It's over.
1: Yeah, it's over.
0: It's over. to yeah, start looking for jobs, as they say in Mighty Ducks. Two, it's over, baby. <laughs>
1: it's over. But it was like that, you know. Like, yeah. Ironically, though, he was booking a ton of shit. Like he was, he was one of those guys that had watch out, funny, young pups. But, yeah, exactly. I mean, he was like killing it. Like, yeah. All the athletic wear stuff he was mur- – because he had a – the guy was just one of those dudes that's just naturally shredded. I can't stand it. And built, you know, played college football, like, was a big motherfucker. But, like, model big. Yeah. Not, like, crazy, but just ripped big, you know – and I was just like, you fucking
0: beast. We shit. used to have guys, to, we used to have guys when I was on the team, they'd walk I was in the gym every day because I played D1 football in Florida. So it's a big deal. Yeah. And I'd be like 5 a.m. workouts, like watching what I ate, like fucking, you know, every day it was a thing. Job. Yeah. There were dudes who would walk in, <clears throat> hungover, holding a bag of McDonald's, just shredded. Throw on their, they wouldn't warm up or anything. Just throw on yeah. their pads, go out and just torch everybody. Okay. And I'm well, like, you're
1: talking about black guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say athletically gifted, yeah. but yeah. Well, same thing. Tomato, tomato. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm, I'm jealous. Okay, I'm jealous. Okay, I'm very jealous. I'm jealous. I don't want to talk about. I don't want to.
0: Black people love me. I'm like one of their the favorites athletes ever. They say, you know, who's a good guy? That Brennan guy. We love that Brennan guy. (laughs) So in the house, when you get there, is it a party all the time? I mean. It has
1: to be. No one. Unless you're working on a modeling job, you're just doing castings. And five days a week, promoters are taking all the models out. Because think about it. If you're a promoter, you want hot people at your table. Yep. And we're broke ass models. We want to drink for free and be around hot ass people at a club. So we would go out like four or five nights a week until fucking four or five in the morning and then get up at eight and go to castings all day and that was the life how how does
0: that work though because like i know just from being an alcoholic and drinking a lot and stuff like that like that's a that's a big caloric intake to be like drinking all night are you guys like getting up super early and going to the gym like to stay in shape our our lives
1: were just castings boozing partying doing drugs and going to the gym
0: okay that was the whole thing
1: and a lot a lot most mostly women but most of the i would see a lot of cigarette smoking a lot a lot of cocaine but I feel like maybe not necessarily cocaine, but the cigarettes, <coughs> I mean, the women would just smoke cigarettes all day yeah. to not eat.
0: That's how I picked up smoking.
1: Yeah. It would curb your appetite.
0: When I was in rehab uh, the first time, I was eating all these candy from the vending machine and I gained like 10 or 15 pounds in like two weeks. Oof. And I like, and I, I wasn't putting it together that it was from all the candy. I was like eating. Because you, when you stop drinking, your body reacts differently for most people it's a lack of sugar because there's so much sugar and alcohol Mm -hmm. that your body's like yo where's up we need our sugar like what the fuck's going on um and a buddy of mine heroin addict from boston was like hey man if you don't want to eat all that candy you should start smoking and it worked and it worked i started smoking newports never touched the vending machine candy again and i was just like
1: that's a trade-off
0: and yeah and you know so i understand the the smoking thing and obviously the cocaine thing was a big thing for me was that Because you hear about it a lot when people talk about the modeling world. Is that, let's discover the underbelly of the modeling world.
1: Everything's true. Everything you've heard is fucking true. Was
0: that a big thing, like just having cocaine all the time?
1: Not, I mean, I would. Just around, not not you personally, but I'm saying. No, 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 I'm I'm not going to say like 10 a.m. I'm I'm watching guys like just rip rails on the table. But yeah, (laughs) drugs and alcohol are huge in the modeling world. Because you're partying all night and you're not getting much sleep. And then you're going to castings and you're working all day. And you got to stay in shape or be skinny as a girl. You know, there's times where I would wake up at like, you know, eight and there would still be guys in the backyard fucking smoking cigarettes, doing lines like it's a nonstop party. Awesome. I mean, maybe not anymore because this is now I started when I was, you know, I'm 36, 20, 16 years ago. Yeah. You know, and I only lived in the model house from 20 to 21. So it could be completely different now. I don't know. I'm just saying back then, you know, times change. I don't know if it's. Yeah,
0: but you say times change and I agree with you. Obviously, they do. But in my experience, like it's. Like, the world's a shitty place. Like, yeah. shitty stuff still has, like, and I say shitty because, yeah, it's a fun party, but it's not good for people. Like, no. it's not, like, when I was in college and, and playing smash. college football, like, we're getting our heads smashed in. Yeah. I had bu- buddies that would drink before practice because they were like, oh, I hit harder. And then, like, we would go to parties, Holy and then you'd shit. wake up on, like, four or five hours of sleep, and you'd go out and you'd work out. But, like, people watch things like um, that's crazy any given Sunday. And obviously, that's an extreme hyperbolic yeah. take on it. But like, yeah, we would go to parties and everyone would get drunk and then there would be like, you know, girls there. And then, you know, all of a sudden we're doing team building exercises where just there's, you know. Gang Yeah. <laughs> you know, my way sounds nicer. It but, does. Uh, it does. But like, but that's the, and I, I'm not ashamed to say it, but like, that's just the world that we were in. And in my head, I think as I get older, I'm like, oh, well, you know, the world's not like that anymore. Like the, everyone's yeah. rainbow. But then I'll go on like Reddit or Twitter and I go, oh no, the world's still fucking like that. Yeah. Like people still... Do that, yeah.
1: Well, I just I I wanted to give that. Uh, yeah, I understand. You know, wanted to say that just to be like I. That's what it was when I was there. Yeah, I don't want to say like this is how modeling is today still. You know. <laughs> you know, back in my day, like <laughs> 16 years ago, there was lots of cocaine. There still is. Do you? <laughs> uh,
0: do you remember the first time you saw it? Cocaine? Yeah.
1: I actually saw cocaine for the first time in my hometown, Rockford, Illinois. I was at a party. How old are you? 17. I was senior okay. year of high school. I did. I went to this party. Upstairs, everyone's drinking, house party. We go downstairs, and it was like a completely different vibe, and there was just cocaine all over the table, and I remember- Wait,
0: I, are these high school kids doing it?
1: I don't know if they're high school kids. I didn't know who these guys were. Whose it party a was, it? Old, was it? It was a one f- of my buddies from high school. Okay. But, pack, you know, 100 people at this party, parents are out of town, whatever.
0: No, I don't know, because yeah. I didn't get invited to those kind of parties. But
1: well, I would have invited you.
0: <laughs> I was a fucking nerd, dude. I would have invited you. No,
1: you would have been the guy bullying me. That's true. Until you got those big thunder thighs and I'd have been like, I'm going to leave him alone.
0: I didn't hit my gross part until I was a senior in high school. So really? I used to get the shit kicked. Yeah, man. Oh, where yeah. do you think all this stuff comes from? Uh, from having a fucking happy child? <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's true. Good I point. used to get
0: the shit kicked out of me, man. Yeah, by my own teammates. And I was like, we're on the same team. You
1: love me. I don't love you. Um, but yeah, so I went downstairs, table full of cocaine. I'll never forget this. I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing down here? <laughs> Literally like a fucking Narca. Know, dare commercial. Narca, yeah I swear to God, I... What are you, a fucking knack? I'm mad at myself for what I did. I literally swiped all the cocaine. No!
0: Oh <laughs> oh
1: yeah, And then I got in a fight.
0: <laughs> oh, I did not see that coming. Got
1: in a fight, yeah. Because it was like three dudes at the table. They all got up. And That's I was so expensive. Buddies. I know, it was a lot of cocaine too. It was at least a couple hundred dollars worth. And you just... Sure. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? This is my friend's house. Get the fuck out of here. And my and the guy, he was like, "What the fuck did you just do? Oh my god!" And all three stood up. The guy, I mean, me and I was with <laughs> one of my buddies. <laughs> I'm not proud of this. Okay, I would have done, I would have done that cocaine. Okay. <laughs> but no, yeah. So me and my buddy got in a fight with him and his two buddies. It was, it was, a, it was. A
0: but it night. was your buddy's house. Why wasn't he like, "Yeah, get the fuck out of my house"? It wasn't
1: that buddy though. Oh, that guy was upstairs, like doing whatever. And I was with my friend. We we're like, "Oh, let's go check out the, rest and of the house." And you just were like, "What are you?" Doing literally, what are you doing? Like, what the what am I doing? (laughs) What are you doing? What am I fucking doing, dude? Oh my god! So then that was your first exposure to it. That was my first time, and I remember thinking, like, oh god, this is disgusting. These guys are crackheads. Like, yeah, literally, like, it just gave me that feeling of, like, ew, this is gross. It's a gross feeling and nasty.
0: Where do you think that comes from?
1: The Feeling of it, Just yeah, because the extremes of wh- the way people behave and what they do when they get addicted to drugs. Probably. Well,
0: and that was the thing. The reason I bring that, uh, the reason I asked that is because I was a freshman in college
1: when you first saw cocaine, yeah. And I and also did it,
0: no, had the same reaction uh, to it, okay. Where someone had it, and I and I've, I think I've said this before on the program, but I saw it, and I like I grew up in like a, a, a nicer, probably you would say upper middle class area. Mm-hmm. Um, I was right outside Daytona. So, like when my parents got divorced, my mom lived in the the ghetto of Daytona. Wow. So it was kind of like a, a an odd couple situation. Yeah, yeah. You know, one week we'd spend with her, and you're you know on Ridgewood Avenue, which They're is like a really weekend. bad, <laughs> not fun weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then her and my ex stepdad are going out to bars because he was an alcoholic, so he'd make her come with him, and he'd stay out to. So I'm like in the ghetto, like. I'd tell, like, like, looking for my mom, like, please. calling her cell phone, like, hey, I'm kind of scared. Can you come home, please? Uh, and then the next week, we'd be at my dad's house in a gated community, and everything was like, oh, hunky-dory. That's too wild. It's It was bananas. But when I got to college, I had this whole thing instilled through the D.A.R.E. program and everything, like, drugs were so bad. And yeah. I saw what it did to people when I would go visit my mom, because you'd see just people wandering on no. and around on the streets. And it was It was not, yeah, zombies. It wasn't good. And so I saw it. And I, same th- like, was disgusted. Yeah. I was like, but I was also like, I could, like, it's something you see in movies. It's like, it's I can right reach here. out and just touch it.
1: Oh, that's an interesting thought. That because I'd like... never
0: seen it in real life. It's like oh, the first wow. time I saw a gun where you're like.
1: I was going to say it's like seeing a celebrity. Oh,
0: yeah. That too. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Take
0: it but it was just, it was one of those things where I was like, this is gross. And they yeah. were like, do you want some? And at the time I went to college to play football and I was like, I'm an athlete. I don't. I yeah. don't do, and little did I know everyone's doing fucking drugs and getting crazy, crazy. but yeah. it was insane I had the same exact reaction you did where I was like yeah.
1: gross well, and did you wipe it off the table
0: no but she had it in a baggie and uh, I was just like
1: ugh yeah yeah I mean I don't know why I thought that I just remember feeling like in my friend's house not this kind of shit you know I'd do that and then go upstairs and <laughs> there's a with sheriff
0: in town <laughs> did you tell your friend were you I, like
1: I, hey well I did because he came downstairs did you get all, the
0: shit kicked out of you what happened fighting. with the
1: fight no I was fighting Oh yeah, I forgot. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. So I was like a train fighter. So you like were just mopping people.
0: Yeah, I was just beating up a bunch of cokeheads. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot, you're a train fighter. Yeah. So they're like, what the fuck are you doing? You're like, whatever I want. Yeah. How about that? How's that well, sound? I, it just it all happens so Talking bad. in the microphone, huh? Yeah. Check one
1: too. <laughs> But yeah, then uh, the everyone because all of us heard us fighting. They came downstairs. Those guys got kicked out, and then we just went back to partying.
0: Okay, so was your friend happy? Were you, was he like, "Oh, thank you for getting these fucking cokeheads out"? I of just here? told
1: him what happened. And he was just like, "Oh man, I don't know those motherfuckers. Like whatever, yeah. they're gone. Get them out of here." That was it.
0: So when did, the fighting thing, have you been in a lot of fights?
1: Yeah, street fights, yeah. I've been fucking really. I figured well as a trained over.
0: fighter, it'd be one of those things where you try to avoid it.
1: I do try to avoid it, and you can. This is going to sound made up. It's going to completely sound made up, and you can ask people that know me. Not so much anymore, but maybe this is my the way I was in my 20s too. But like, it, a lot of fights would come to me. Yeah. You know, and it, maybe it is because like it would be a situation of like someone bumps into you and you could just be like, eh, whatever. And I would be like, hey, man, like, watch out. And that's how shit would start. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, well over 100 fights.
0: Because I'm very much a eh, whatever. Yeah. I mean, like when somebody I bumps me, I'm now,
1: like, eh. I now more because, you know, I'm fucking in my mid 30s. It's like, all right, I'm like, okay, let's not. <laughs> I don't want to break something. Do you still train? No, I haven't trained in a while. I got like my knees hurt
0: and my fucking. But it's still one of those things where like if you go against. That's like with comedy. Yeah. Like people are like, oh, I can do that. And it's like, all right, come on stage. Yeah, And then they like eat a dick and you're like, yeah, you don't know what you're doing. I'm sure it's the same thing with fighting where it's like if you win against someone who has no formal training. Oh, yeah, I have a good shot. Yeah, like this is stupid. Like, what do? we then If I go
1: against someone that's my size, that's regularly training to get my ass kicked.
0: Yeah. You know, how did you? God, I find that so fascinating because I've been in a lot of fights, obviously, with the jail time and everything. Mm -hmm. And it's just like I I try to do the crazy guy approach. This is a bit I have on state, but I, one time I put my head through a guy's car window because he was flirting with my sister. Oh, shit. And he's, he was like, fuck you, Frosted Flake, and rolled up his window. And I went, I can't hear you. And I shattered his car window with my forehead. But then him and all his buddies got out. And this is what I, I don't tell this in the bit, but him and all his friends get out. And I tried to do like, oh, I'll just play crazy. Yeah. And then the because the, I can't fight. So I was like punching myself in the face. And I was like, I'll fucking kill you. But then they called my bluff. And I oh, got no! The shit They're like, out let's, let's beat the shit out of this. Yeah, they were man. like, fuck this guy,
1: fuck this crazy guy, let's fuck him up, dude.
0: And then they kicked the shit out of me, and I was crawling on my hands and knees into the bar where my buddy was because he was hanging out with a bunch of his friends who happened oh, to be like bouncers okay. and fighters. And I like whip open the window and I just go help, and then they all rushed out and beat the shit out of the guys oh, okay. and That's kicked awesome. them out. But I was like all bloodied and bruised yeah, and like I fucked got the up. Shit out of you. Yeah. And so I, I say that because, like, I've always tried to avoid fights because I can, I've can't i been in a lot of fights, but I can't fight. And sometimes you get lucky. Yeah. Like, I'll form tackle someone to the ground, knocks the wind out of them, and I'm like, oh, I win. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's you over. can't do Like, you're done. And then a lot of times I just get beat up. Yeah. So for you, in those situations of fights coming to you, you obviously just, because you have the training, you're never, like... I'm assuming you don't back down. You're not like, oh, my bad, man. I'm sure you're just like, if you really want to do this, we can go, but you don't want to do this. I
1: will say what I was instilled in me when I was fighting was like, you know, my, my coach told me his exact, like, you know, you're, an, I'm not like the biggest guy in the world, but I'm a bigger guy. And they're like, yeah. you, you as you start getting older and going to bars and stuff and going to all these parties, like people are going to fuck with you sometimes. Yeah, it happens and, to
0: me too. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And it's like how you handle that is what's going to determine the outcome. If you give them an outcome, like an option to leave. Then don't do anything. But if it comes down to it and they don't let you leave the situation, you or them, then you gotta know how to defend yourself. Yeah. So it'd be like situations where I'd be at a bar and someone and, some of them, and be hey man, can you like watch out? And they're like, what motherfucker? And I'm like, I yeah, just said watch out. And they're like, yeah, okay, bitch. And you're like, yeah, all right, I'm a, I'm a bitch. Go ahead, man, whatever. But if they're like, yeah, bitch, now I'm gonna fuck you up, then it's like, well, now I'm gonna fight you. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah, cause you can get in those situations and it happens to us. I mean, I've been sober for a long time, but it does happen to us as comics, cause like, you say something on stage, or you like call somebody out, and you're like just having fun, and then you get off stage, and they're like, "Hey, you're not so funny now, motherfucker." Yeah, and right it's like, there. and I've been in those because I'm a bigger guy, and a lot of times they're drunk and I'm not, yeah. so it's very much like I've been in enough fights to where I have my bearings at least. Yeah, yeah. Like I've done enough open mics to where I could like going back to our analogy, where I can like get on stage and feel a little comfortable. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing where it's like I've been in enough fights where I, I'm not. Like, it's not that fight or flight response. It's very, uh, like, calculated. But it's also like if someone backs you into a corner, like, literally, like, you have to fight. Like, because, you know, we try to stay out of the way as comics. And if you're, like, up against the wall and then someone gets in your face, it's like, well, now I just gotta, now this is gonna, and in New York, it happens all the time, too, on the subway. People asking for money, and you're like, no, man, sorry. And then they, like, get in your face and start screaming. It's like, all right, well, now I'm gonna headbutt you right in the bridge of your nose so your eyes start to water, and then you can't see anything, and then I'm just gonna have to kick the shit out of you.
1: Exactly.
0: But, I just find that fast because you have this ability. Yeah. Like and how people talk to us about comedy is like how I'm talking to you about fighting. Yeah. It's like, and it's
1: still to a certain extent, like riding so a cool. bike. you know what I mean? Like I still know how to do a triangle choke and like, the fuck hold and like punch it and stuff. But like, you know, I'm, I'm, I would, if I went into a, a class situation, I would be very rusty. Yeah. Technically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. From just but like, yeah.
1: the, you know, it's like, like I said, riding a bike, it's there, but I would have to relearn a lot of shit to be technical. God, I want to just start going out with you. It's fine. I mean, get I mean, into fights. No, no, don't do that. I don't want to do that. Like what
0: people, we have some comics back home in Jacksonville who would say the most outlandish shit on stage and they're tiny. And I go, You're only saying this because me and my best friend Marcus Crespo are. I'm like, Because we're in the back of the room. Yeah. So someone rushes to the stage, you know, we're going to protect saying, you. Yeah. I'm like, You wouldn't say this out on the, like, You wouldn't say this ever. Yeah. If him and I weren't here, you wouldn't say
1: this. Yeah. I had a friend that would do that early on in comedy because he knew I was a fighter and he was a little guy. And we would literally just go to bars, and he would just be like, what, motherfucker? And then be like, Zach, take care of this. Literally, he'd be like, Zach, fuck this guy up. (laughs) Did you ever fuck those guys up? I mean, if they wouldn't back down, but I'd be like, come on, man. Like, don't. What do we do? I'm not going to just fight for you. (laughs) You're his goon. I know. I'm like, dude, are we friends, or am I just beating people up for you? (laughs)
0: So, I want to talk about it. When you get into stand up and you're doing that, obviously, because you're doing the modeling thing on top of it, were you ever like getting drunk and going on stage and stuff? Because this is something I find fascinating.
1: No, no, no. I mean, I've only been on stage drunker than I should have been one time. And then another time I canceled because I was too drunk before my show.
0: What, how did, tell that story.
1: I mean, it was just, it was a produce show. So, luckily, it wasn't, it didn't like interfere with a club booking situation. Yeah. So it was just a produced show. Um, I went to brunch for a friend's birthday, and I just was having a great time and not really monitoring my alcohol intake. So,
0: but was it one of those things where when you go to brunch, you're like, I have a show tonight, but I can still, yeah, I'll have a couple of drinks. Yeah, it was
1: unlimited Aperol spritzes, and I love an Aperol spritz. Who doesn't love an Aperol spritz? Oh, good, dude. And I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna have a couple. There were some hot girls around. I'm talking to the girls. I'm like making jokes, having you know, feeling the day, and uh, I just let it get away from me. We people are putting shots around. I was like, "Eh," not even thinking about it, like acting like I'm out partying, and then like an hour before the show rolls around and I'm like fuck hey, <laughs> you? I was like I, I'm good I got, I'm good enough to go out tonight but I'm not good enough to perform tonight <laughs> I need a cocaine or Adderall what was, was that, that a text
0: you had to send
1: the co- no. like
0: no not the cocaine or Adderall no. was it like a hey
1: no I called him so he knew I wasn't lying Yeah, and I was like hey man and he was like are you fucking drunk I was like I'm a fucking wasted man I was like I can't <laughs> I can't do <just> show tonight <laughs> <laughs> He was mad but then the next time I saw him he was actually like hey man I really appreciate you like being honest and canceling the show because yeah. it would have been way more embarrassing and worse for the show overall if you would have came and performed hammered yeah you know
0: that that's how we spent the first like 10 years of doing comedy Not, no, like, maybe like the first seven just drunk yeah because I did my first open mic in 2009 after I stopped playing football and I, as soon as I stopped playing football I was like oh no I could just party all the time yeah. so I was just drinking constantly and then it wasn't until 2015 when or 13 when I went to rehab So from 13 to 15, I was sober, Mm -hmm. like, doing stand-up, sober-ish, doing stand-up. And then I fell off the wagon in 15, and I was like, I'm not going to touch a stage drunk again. Like, that's not who I am. So I just didn't do stand-up for three years. Wow.
1: Yeah. Because you were like, I want to drink instead.
0: Well, yeah. Be, and that was the thing was like, when I used to get <coughs> drunk on stage, it was a fucking mess, dude. Like I'd do an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. People would be lighting me and I'd be like, come fucking get me off the stage. How about that?
1: Oh, no, no, It no.
0: was a disaster. It's
1: good you're not doing that in New York. Man. Yeah. That shit would get around fast.
0: Dude, I often think about like what my career would be like if I fell off the wagon in New York. Because I'm the kind of drunk where I would, I mostly would drink in my room by myself. But there would be times where I'd show up to the cellar and I know enough people there through working at the restaurant and yeah. like being around and being in it as long as I have, where I would go up to the comics table and be like, the fuck guys? Uh, and like sit down nope. and be like,
1: who the fuck's going to move me? No, 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 no. That would be, sh- that would be a career, it <laughs> would be a career ending move for, you'd have to move cities to be able to do standup. <laughs> I up. would have to go to LA. You'd have to go somewhere, dude. you have to go to fucking Barcelona to do standup, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Andy, you wouldn't be able to do something. Imagine
0: moves. if
1: I yeah. <laughs> just sat next to her and I was like, What the fuck will you book me? When's my audition, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, All right. I, first of all, every bouncer in the place would just drag me out. I know out they're so big. Yeah, they would get you immediately. <laughs> but yeah, no. I
0: should go with you.
1: Nah, fuck You'd <laughs> be like, Zach, handle these motherfuckers. Uh-uh, I'm trying to get past there. I'm not fucking around with that bullshit. <laughs> but yeah, so you, but that's like, you know, I. Won't I mean? Listen, I'll go if it's a weekend and I have like three, four shows. Yeah, you have a drink by or two. the fourth show. I've had a few drinks, but I'm in no way drunk at all. Yeah, you know, like that's fine to me.
0: What was the What was the? You said there was one time that you drank too much. On you were too drunk on stage. Do you it, remember that?
1: Yeah, it was. I just knew when I was on stage. Um,
0: it hits you, and you're like,
1: fuck. Yeah, because once you're on stage in front of the audience, and the <laughs> lights are on you, and you're like, ah, oh, shit. i yeah. fucking. And my friend told me afterwards, so he was there with me, and he goes, dude, you were fucking drunk, weren't you? And I was like, no. And he's like, you're, you're still? I was like, yeah. He's like, I could That's immediately after, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, I'm sobered up 10 minutes later. But no, he was like. He was nice about it. He was like, "I don't think the audience could tell, but I know you're fucking drunk." He yeah, goes, I know the way your eyes look when you're drunk, and you know you get those like. Mm.
0: I have, do. You have people in your life like that? I have my mom and my ex-fiance were like that. Where yeah. I could do one shot and they'd be like, "You're drinking," and I'm like, "How the fuck?"
1: Yeah, my I was mom, like, I show
0: up to work drunk and no one knows. Yeah, but, but, but I was like,
1: my mom, my sister, and I, I would have girlfriends that would be like, when you get to a certain level of drunk, your eyes just you're looking through things. Yeah, you just glaze over. Yeah, you're, just, you're not looking at anything. You're just oh your eyes are open but shut <laughs> you know what i mean you have open and closed eyes
0: so open closed <laughs> eyes and that's the name of the episode there uh, you go got it um i wanted to ask you what was the the prom story i wanted to ask you about and then danny's apartment
1: okay cool yeah so the prom story is uh i i've told the story so many times to so many i it's i love it that it happened but it was so embarrassing when it happened so after prom i live in rockford illinois up north is a uh, Kalahari resort, like a water park resort. Yeah, in Wisconsin. So all of our parents, you know, paid for us to stay there for two nights. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's like a prom thing. So we all went with our prom dates. Um, the girl was I your was
0: prom date, someone you've been dating, or
1: now it was just uh, one at the time. What I thought was one of the hottest girls in high school. So
0: you were attractive in high school, obviously. Yeah, yeah most likely to walk. Yeah, down. yeah.
1: Um, and I played football
0: and basketball and stuff. So what position a, did you play in football? Middle linebacker. Yeah, you did. You fucking uh, Christmas morning and Santa's coming down the chimney. Here we go, See, baby. So you have that anger in you. Yeah, you fought. Yeah. You played middle linebacker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, don't let this Don't let this veneer fool you, everybody. I'm a nice guy. <laughs> you Hit me up liar. in the
1: DMs at Zach McGovern. you've killed somebody (laughs) there's a lot of dead people um no so I I asked this girl to be my prom date who was very pretty awesome girl and then this other girl who was like the hottest girl I've ever seen was like oh I would have went with you so I asked her she says yes we go to prom next day we go up to the resort night comes around I'm like trying to put the moves on the girl and it's very evident your date girl or the other girl my my prom date. Yeah, okay. The other girl was there with her new date. Got it. Right? Got so it's, it. it's all like the people that were on prom and, home yeah. and all that bullshit. Like there's like the hot 20, people. Yeah. Yeah. There's like twenty. People I've seen there. movies. Yeah. It's that. There's like twenty people there, and it's com- becoming very evident to me that my date doesn't want anything to do with me beyond just being my prom date. Oh, that sucks. Wouldn't even kiss me. Nothing. So I was like annoyed, and then my one friend was like, "Dude, let's go into town," and I was like, "Yeah, fuck it. There's nothing here. <laughs> so nothing here except a giant resort." You know what I mean? <laughs> And we all had booze and shit. So we go into town, we go to the bowling alley and it's like a small town. It's like one of those like main, like the main street is one lane. Each oh way yeah, yeah, like yeah. Little building. Like an old school main street kind of a thing. It literally that. Yeah. Right. And it's like 10 minutes outside the resort. So we go, there's like 10 of us. Um, People, people we didn't even know. Like my friend was just drunk and brought a couple kids with us. Um, kids our age, not kids. Um, and we go to the bowling Well, hour. and also,
0: you're obviously the most popular kids in high school. So you could just walk through the halls and be like, you, you, you. People came. And right? they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I anointed? I'm being anointed.
1: Bring them. Bring Come on, kid. Um, so then we go bowling. And there's this couple next to us. And they were like, oh, what are you guys? Because we still had our fucking nice um, clothes yeah. on. Because we wore it up there the next day, because we wanted people to know, right? Yeah. So then they're like, "Oh, it's your prom," and we're like, "Yeah, you know, we're just trying to get some drinks." And the guys like, "We'll buy you beer." So they buy us a couple pitchers of beer. We bowl. Those guys, those that couple, true MVPs. No shit, right? I was like, these people are amazing. So they leave. At work. Now out. it's just I... us. Um, we had to pay the bill, and my friends like, "Dude, let's just run out." And I'm like, no, man, come on. Like, this is a small town. Like, th- no, there's, we're, there, we're obvious. We're in fucking suits. Yeah. We're 10 kids in, or five or whatever kids in suits. <laughs> and before I could even talk him out of it, he just takes off out the door. And then everyone follows him. And I'm the last fucking one. And I'm like, well, I'm not paying this fucking bill. So then I run out. <laughs> oh, God. And right across the street is a fucking police station. Of course. So, and there's like cops outside and they see us running. So they just naturally start taking off after us. And the person comes out and he's like, they stole balling, and whatever. So we're all running around, running different ways, this and that. And I'm running. There's literally, I hide behind a dumpster behind a fucking uh, bank. Cops are literally coming towards me. So I start running. I take a right down the street. My other friend takes the left into a neighborhood. I take the right. It's down a fucking dead end alley. Oh, no. And all of a sudden I hear, stop. Which and the cops know it's a
0: dead end alley. Yeah.
1: So they're like, stop. You're not stopping. I'm like, I'm not fucking stopping. I'm like, I'll figure something out. It's a fucking dead end. Just stop, dude. But I'm drunk and I'm on hopped up on adrenaline. And all of a sudden I just feel. Yeah. I got the
0: fucking shit tasered out of me. I've had that feeling before. The gun? It feels like a bee sting.
1: A bee clipping sting. into
0: you, and then you hear,
1: yeah, and, and you feel, go, ah! yeah, and that part feels like you're getting plugged into a fucking wall. Yeah, so like, I was like, ah,
0: ah! when the needle hits you, though, I always tell people it feels like a you got stung by a bee. Yeah. when the needle, because it's got little prongs on and it, It
1: goes in and opens. Yeah,
0: when they hit you, you're like, what the fuck? And then you hear a click, 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 and you go, oh my god! Yeah, you you almost hear it before you feel you it. You definitely yeah. hear it before you <laughs> feel <laughs> it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I got fucking tasered. They take me to jail. Like my friends, I bu- ruined the whole weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. My parents have to come up and Party's get me.
0: Party's over, guys. That got tasered. Oh, no, no, no.
1: They still party. Oh, really? I ruined my weekend. What? Do so your parents have to come up and they get you? Yeah, come
0: all the way up and get me. How far was it from where you're? Where like, you sh-
1: three hours. Damn. Yeah, so my mom was so pissed, which I thought it would be my dad. My mom was so pissed. My dad was just like, eh. Shit happens. Ruined your prom weekend, dipshit, didn't you? Well, and also, you got
0: tased. I got tased. So I'm sure from your dad's perspective, he's like, yeah, he got fucking tased. I'm sure that's punishment.
1: That's what. She, that's literally what he said to my mom. He's yeah. like, you know, he learned his lesson. He got tased. And
0: it ruined his weekend.
1: Yeah. So then the funniest part of the story to me is we were at a subway getting lunch on the way home, and there's two fucking sheriffs behind us. And I have these two blood spots on my shirt. I'm getting tased. <laughs> yeah, and they know. You know, and it's my undershirt from my suit jacket, but it was like. Blood. And I turn around and I glance at the one guy and he just goes, looks like you had a fun night. <laughs> my dad just goes, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking laughs at me in front of the cops.
0: Oh, yeah. Those tasers don't mess around. Yeah.
1: Uh, that's the only time I've ever been tasered. Yeah. Like, I've, I've
0: only gotten it once, too. But
1: yeah. In the police situation?
0: Yeah. I, uh, long story short, uh, I was at Raymond James Stadium. I took some time off in between senior year of high school oh, and freshman year of college. And we went to go watch a USF game. This is before I played college football. And all my friends were like, this is when USF was uh, playing Rutgers, when Rutgers was undefeated with Ray Rice and all those guys. Mm -hmm. And my friends were like, oh, we're going to rush the field. No matter win or lose, we're going to rush the field because it was a really close game. And they ended up losing in like the fourth quarter. But Mm -hmm. I still jumped 10-foot drop (laughs) in Raymond James Stadium and started running. And then I felt the I felt the sting, and then I hear the
1: click, and I fall. Oh, they just hit you. They didn't even say anything. Yeah, yeah.
0: The cop because I just and so afterwards, my friends like run down with their parents, and they were like, "Oh my god, we were just messing with him. We didn't think he was going to do it." But I'd do anything for attention. Yeah. I mean, you could YouTube right now. Brennan staples himself. Like, I'll do anything for attention. <laughs> That's hilarious. And the cop turned to me. He uh, takes it all out. And my buddy's dad was there. He was the one who got us the tickets. And the cop, he goes, "I, I have responsibility for him. We're so sorry. We never thought he would do that." Like, we were messing with him. Yeah. We're so sorry. And the cop turns to me and goes, I only tased you because you're a big guy and you were moving pretty quick. So
1: you get on out of here. And I was like,
0: well, that's a badge of honor. Like, yeah, that's pretty right? cool.
1: You didn't try to tackle me? Just no. Me. Just, he was just like, fuck this. Boop. That's hilarious. What like, happened with uh, Danny? To the drug story. Yeah. Um, so I was at his apartment. We I hadn't done mushrooms in a long time. So we, we got, we couldn't, we didn't have. When a,
0: was this? Was this more recently? or No, was this? This,
1: is, this is probably going on. Eight years ago, maybe? Okay. A long time ago. So we're at his apartment. Um, we got synthetic mushrooms because I couldn't find anybody that had mushrooms. So we get mushrooms in his fucking pill. Yeah. We're at his apartment. Is that a thing? I don't. I would say no. Don't <laughs> fucking do it. Tell you that much. If you relapse again, don't ever do synthetic mushrooms.
0: <laughs> we're foreshadowing.
1: Yeah. Don't. <laughs> we're going to do mushrooms together. <laughs> so we get the synthetic mushrooms. We're at my friend's apartment. Um, Another friend was there with his at the time girlfriend mm-hmm. and they were, they were like, we're not doing it. So <laughs> we're not doing it now. So we do it. It starts to hit us. Um, I look at Danny, he's curled up in a ball in his chair, his face is beat red. And I'm like, Oh, shit, are these the drugs or is he feeling it? And then I start feel the room like expand out and I'm like, Oh, okay, I'm feeling the mushrooms. Okay. This is gonna be fun. And then I go, dude, I think I'm feeling it. The room is huge. And the guy who wasn't doing it looks at me and goes, dude, you're an idiot. And I was on mushrooms and that just, it struck the core of my soul to hear, you're an idiot. Oh, no. So I started full on panicking and then the room got really small. Oh, no. And I looked at Danny and I was like, he's dying. I'm about to die. I am i can't be in this. I, so I just like walked. I was like, I have to go outside. And I like made my way outside down the four flights of stairs. And as soon as it was the middle of summer, as soon as I opened the door, I swear to God, I just heard birds chirping, I heard people laughing, I felt the sun on my body, and I was just, I went from complete panic to like, oh, this is what's good about mushrooms. And I just felt like, oh, this is really nice. So then I was like, okay, I'm outside, I might as well do something. So I walked to a deli. (laughs) That's always a great idea. Yeah, well you have to be shroomed (sighs) out. But I felt, dude, I felt so good. Yeah. Like nothing could go wrong. So I was like, oh, let me go like do something. I walked down the street to a deli to get like some Gatorade. I go in the deli, I get the Gatorade, I walk up to the counter, I put on the counter. And the guy tells me how much it is and I go, "Okay." And then don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, "250." And I'm like, mm, "Okay." And still, I don't know and then I realize I know what he's saying, but I realize I don't know how to pay this guy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to pay him. I swear to god, I didn't know where my money was. I didn't even know how to use money. So then he goes, you know, two fifty, or you leave. And I'm like, I don't know. And he goes, money. And I was like, oh. So then I just pull up my wallet, set it on the counter. And I was like, can you do it for me? I don't know how to do it. He pays, gives me the money. Back. Oh, he did it for you? Took my money, yeah. He probably charged me way too much. Takes the money, <laughs> Takes gives it back to me. Like, I you. have my wallet in my one hand, the Gatorade in another hand. And instead of leaving, I just backed up to the wall and stood there and watched like four or five people pay. And just watching them <laughs> go by. <laughs> And then the guys, you have to leave my store now. So then I walked outside, made my way back. We had a great day. But there was that moment of like, <laughs> shit. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Huh.
0: That's me watching
1: SpongeBob. <laughs> I let That was my moment. I was like, oh, what's yeah, happening? Exactly. Yours was weed. Mine was fucking mushrooms. Yeah, that's just synthetic mushrooms. Synthetic. There had to be something else in there. Dude. Yeah, it had to be. I mean, I didn't know how to. I did not know how to pay the man. That's hilarious. Didn't know what to do. Uh, yeah um dude this was so much fun yeah dude thank you for having me man. of course you gotta come back you. on yeah i'd love to plug everything one more time social media the whole deal uh at zach mcgovern on instagram at zach underscore mcgovern on tiktok zach mcgovern on youtube soon to be website check back 2026 like i said uh you're gonna plug the dates or in the thing or should I do oh it? it's gonna all be in the show notes do I do it again? Oh, it'll be yeah, in the show notes. It's do it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Key check West, the show notes. Check the show notes. Key West this weekend. Uh, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Boca next weekend at uh, Sad Man Comedy Cafe. Check it out. New spot. Amazing people. Then Vancouver, then LA, then Chicago, then back to New York. Boom. Thank you, everybody, so much for uh, listening. We'll talk to you all next
0: week. Oh. I almost forgot to plug my stuff. <laughs> at Brennan T Comedy on all social media. Brennan uh No dates coming up. He's a got a website, while. though. I do have a website. Check out the one-man show. I'm very proud of it. Um, YouTube.com slash at Brennan Tassif.
1: I mean, I don't know. Why at Brennan me. T Comedy. I don't
0: know. <laughs> You'll find it. It'll be in the show notes. Get your ex-drinking buddy merch, and we'll talk to you all next week. <laughs> Thanks, guys.
1: Oh, got it.